on the dot. I don't think she'll kill you. She's not like that, really. She isn't. No, she just acts tough and mean because she'd rather be safe than sorry. What does that mean? She just says it a lot when men try to open her door and stuff. Yeah? Excuse us. Go, 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 go. to tell you... Sammy? That's okay. On the escalator. Uh, that Kristen called you from the Bahamas, mm -hmm. and also that Elaine... Li um, Lieberman. Li uh, Lieberman will be at Elizabeth Arden's until 3.30. Great. Thank you so much for watching Sammy. Really, you... You saved my life. Was he any trouble? No, no, not at all. Good. So, everything worked out great. I was sure you were going to either show up three hours late or not at all. Guess what? I'm not like every other man you know. No, I realize that. I was just kidding. No, you weren't, but... Guess what? I'm not like every other woman you know. Really? Yeah. You probably think I'm a real control freak, and I'm not at all. Well, I mean, I do like things the way I like them, but who doesn't? And anyway, in my life, I'm the only one who ever does anything, so... Uh, what does it matter? Maybe you should let somebody help you out every once in a while. Definitely not. I've got all of these little balls up in the air, and if somebody else caught one for me, I'd drop them all. But you're not a control freak. No, I'm a single working mother. Okay. I have more work to do than time to do it, so before you and I get into yet another uh, lengthy and exhausting thing, I have a career to save, okay? Do, all right. do, you, do you have any instructions for me before No, no. You... I trust you completely. I, 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 I don't suppose you could, um, you could switch your thing from 5 to 4.30 because I just found out that I have an, a new thing at 5.30. Can't switch my thing. I'll switch mine. No problem. Okay, I'll see you guys at the soccer game. Bye, Jack! Thanks again, Jack. You're welcome. <laughs> I, I realize it's difficult what with uh, uh, Celia, Kristen, Elaine. I know your name, Mel. Welcome back to the Grand Gesture, uh, a non, non-Batman, I guess, minute episode. Although this is, uh, I guess, in essence, Derek, this is tying together one Batman film to the next in the series with mm. Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman to uh, George Clooney eventually taking over. I guess with the uh, final Schumacher film, uh, we're skipping. I guess Val Kilmer, but he will have his day in the sun. I don't know what uh, Val Kilmer rom-com we have selected when we get to uh, Batman Returns, or Batman Forever, sorry. Uh, yeah. At First Sight. Have you ever seen that? Never heard of it. I Never. believe he's a blind man that oh, really? learns how to see <laughs> and then realizes he's uh, Val Kilmer, and I think he becomes a shit. You know how I hate titles that are, you know... Actually stated in a movie. I think a, a film called what? Wait, what's it called again? At first sight. <laughs> and he's blind. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm sure that's gonna be a fun time. All right. I on that wait. note, what did you think of One Fine Day, which <laughs> takes its title from <laughs> a, a popular hit song and then uh, introduces the film uh, in in that fashion? Uh you know what? I'm gonna go ahead and I guess incriminate myself to some degree because well, I guess in two ways. So you had, had messaged me about, okay, we're going to do one fine day 
and um, I was thinking, okay, I've never heard of this movie. I, I don't know anything about it. Um, I won't look it up until I get a chance to actually sit down and watch it. And then I realized not only was that not true, um, but I had uh, looked it up to watch independently of recording less than a month and a half ago. Um, I guess it was on Prime or something like that. It was. You even said yeah. something about that. Yeah, so I was scrolling one day on Prime, and I kid you not, this was like uh, maybe maybe six weeks ago. And come across, oh, Michelle Pfeiffer, George Clooney. Well, a romantic comedy. I'm kind of in the mood. And I actually had hit play and watched the first 30 or 35 minutes of this film. <laughs> but the fact that I don't remember the title, nor did, you know, and I didn't even finish the now, film at all. What sense of dread sit in, set in when you click play again, you're like, oh no, it's that first half hour of that movie I abandoned six weeks ago. <laughs> I had a level of transference, uh, and I had a connection to you I don't think we've ever had before. Hmm. I hated children ah, in, see in that? a way that I, Good. I previously had not. All right, this movie has done its job already, because when I got to the end of it, not quite as brutal a story as you, uh, I somehow remembered the end of this film, hmm. as if I that scene was the only thing that stuck out. I have no memory of watching it, and I'm certain that I can. This came out in '96, um, so I was a teenager. Uh, had just become a teenager. I had no interest in the lives of single parents and like how they're going to fall in love uh, as they juggle their respective children. Uh, I still have. I've shown no maturity or growth. I still have no interest in that. And about every time kids are involved, which is 90% of this movie. I was hating, hating this because I just look. You, you have Clooney and, and Pfeiffer, two beautiful sure. people. Rom com. Let's get to business. Wait. So, do you punch your clock as soon as you see that the children are going, or that a kid's going to be featured? Like, if mm. you get ten minutes in and you realize, like, this kid's going to be around a lot, is it really? Is there a disconnect yeah. automatically for yeah. you? Uh, it's not that I, you know, I can't understand. Uh, the dynamic of the relationship, uh, especially to single parents trying sure. to date and and have it all, <laughs> but it's like I didn't make those choices. Why should I suffer <laughs> with these fictional characters? <laughs> like, there's a reason I don't have children, is I don't want that to be a part of my life. <laughs> like, that, so you have... just play video games that are about straight white men <laughs> recording podcasts. No escapism for you. <laughs> Well, okay. Seems fair. <laughs> so, I, I like that you, I mean, you're taking it as a jab at me, the escapism aspect. That's what these parents, I guess, are striving for. That's going to be the grand mm. gesture of this, is if they can just escape their lives and just have, like, a shared adult moment. Um, and not anything that's going to be too erotic. This is like this is like PG or PG-13, very light uh, rom-com here. But the... The meat cute in this instance is, uh, I guess both of them, I wouldn't say it, but I don't know your viewpoint, I guess failing and it's a small failure, uh, of parenting in a way and that they both miss this, this boat that they're this little field trip, right. their kids are going to go on. They, and, uh, of course I looked at it as 
the failure is you now have to spend the day with your children as opposed to using public education to babysit them for the working hours of the day. I bet this I is the hellscape we're in. This movie, so the, the daughter gets lost. I know we're not there yet, but you're like, if the film ended right then. But there is a certain uh, elitism to the film uh, that I guess I also, I mean, it's, it's like, I don't know, would you say like 30% of Hollywood produced rom-coms are about like New York City couples, like just trying Seems to, to have it all? Yeah. They and don't... juggle all of these various things that they're somehow still able to eventually do to some extent. So the main characters, it's uh, Melanie, uh, who's an architect. That's Michelle Pfeiffer's character. And then the character of Jack, played by George Clooney, who's a newspaper columnist. Um I don't know generally what it is. I guess politics, maybe just muckraking in general. He just seems like kind of like the, the lovable New York city cad, uh, that's always being snarky. Uh, part of the disconnect I have with these two characters and getting into the meet cute is not only that they've, uh, chosen to have children, but they don't seem to really suffer that much from the consequences of their actions as parents. Uh, like imagine, if you had something really important to do and for some reason you were late getting your, your kid to the field trip. So you then had to figure out childcare. This just becomes means for light comedy for them. Like, Oh, isn't this slightly annoying? Uh, the kid spilled ice cream on my shirt. Uh, the spilled, uh, what, uh, fruit juice, uh, on my shirt. Uh, Oh, marble in the nose. Yeah. And, I'm trying to think how, I mean, coming off of the COVID year, that's a refrain that you heard often, how sort of devastating that is uh, for someone's professional life uh, when you remove the ability to have even what's not considered childcare, but just the education education system of this is what children do during the working hours. Right. Here, it's just all hijinks and silliness. And maybe that's a little bit unfair watching it in the time period we are, but I th- feel like even then I'd be like, Oh, poor you. You have to like drag your <laughs> your kid to the office. And when you don't want him around, George Clooney's there to take him off your hands. And then George, you get tired. You've got beautiful Michelle Pfeiffer to take your kid for an afternoon. Uh, they make New York city. Like most rom-coms feel like very small townish in that way. Like hmm. you're always just around the corner from just bumping that one right person. Into one yeah. another. That, that actually, that's a good point because the, it seemed like there were various um, occasions where it wasn't just like phone, you know, cell phone communication, which was its own other gimmick for the film, I guess. Um, but it was like, I can go to your office in 10 minutes or on the way to the soccer game. Uh, let's drop by the restaurant that uh, I have to, to meet with these potential partners. And, you know, I, I just got back from um, from D.C., maybe uh, two weeks ago, something Where like that. Where you did not uh, hang out with Hiro of Sober Cinema Marcus played at all. I didn't know. he Didn't even, even think about him once. I, did, I had no idea he was still alive. Even though he and, texts, um... texts you directly and basically says, I live here, and you just ignore that. <laughs> I, I, I do want to go on record and say I somehow had no idea that he was actually physically in Washington, What a strange joke he just made. <laughs> You ever get those texts from from a friend that you feel like you should be like in on the joke, and instead of just kind of admitting like, "Hey, I don't really know what's going on," you just kind of play along. That was kind of the the extent. So in higher, I thought you were going to say DC, ignore, and I was going to be a shout out to at darn that Dave. I was damn it. I was going to say that's for Dave. Not you know, I'd never ignore Hiro knowingly. 
However, you know, being in D.C., even for that particular week, uh, what I you know came to realize um, was that you you wouldn't get um, you know from point A to point B in you know ten seconds. I get that you have to kind of squash some of that um, you know for for the runtime. We don't want to watch them in a cab for you know thirty minutes at a time. But even still, you, you're right. There 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 are a couple of leaps to where. There were moments in which you were kind of just expected to believe that these specific things that would happen a lot of times with the children um, were all going to happen in one day. If that makes any sense, like that's that's the kind Do of the thing title that drop. Was, I know you love yeah. the title drops. <sighs> one fine day, <laughs> a screwball comedy where everything can go wrong. <laughs> Listen, I have a kid. I know what it's like to. You know, I have to take my, my uh, especially when he was really little, um, like less than one. I had to take him uh, an hour and a half down uh, the interstate to work, and he shit on himself as soon as we got there. And I'm rummaging, trying to find diapers, but I'm also getting, like, shit on my hands, trying to, to yeah, I mean, like, those disgusting things. Yeah, that happened. Guess what? It wasn't like, uh, a, you know, a series of five or six other things happened where then I'd spill milk all over my, my face and it gets dried and caked on, and someone has to shovel it off. I mean, those, presumably those George kind of, Clooney shows up with exactly. a wet wipe. It just wipes right <laughs> across my face. He he walks close to me and says, "I remember your name. It's Derek." <laughs> <laughs> that yeah, those things. There were a little, you know, a little bit of, of uh, you know, kind of a contrived nature about the plot itself, where it felt as though, okay, we get it. You all are, you know, working individuals who also have children, um, and those things are going to make for enough silly instances where you guys are going to have to keep interacting with one another. The reality is, for me, is I honestly really, really liked their interaction so much that you could have removed a lot of the stuff related to their children or to their careers um, and just had Michelle Pfeiffer and uh, George Clooney in a room for an hour and 45 minutes, and it would have been a better film for me. It's hard to do like the breakup element uh, of this this podcast for this movie because, I mean, the conceit of the film is that they're going to run – to each other and away from each other, like dropping kids off left and right. Like, you right. Know, help me out with this new appointment, this new curveball to their day. Uh, and I, I, having just watched it this morning as I was trying to race through to like really pay my, I, you know what? I would have paid proper respects. To this, you mentioned that it was on Amazon prime. I remember that. And I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. cool. I'll get to that. Couldn't, couldn't rent it on Amazon. Not only is it not on prime, just like free, I guess, or free ish. Now you can't rent it. And on iTunes, same thing. I'm like, are you telling me this film starring these two actors, presumably from uh, from 20th Century Fox, is now it's not on Hulu? It's not somewhere like I can't even pay you to watch it. So I'm, you know, finding it off the back of a truck. I tried to go to a physical, physical store to see if there's a DVD copy. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking up Best Buy, and they had it for 4.99. Uh, if you want to order it, I'm like, now, God damn it. When someone is searching <laughs> for one fine day, that means they need it now. Like if, if you're coming to Best Buy with this, I'm not Sounds looking like for you're it. like living out the plot. Yeah. Just 
Mm-hmm. Multiple just shit <laughs> on your face all throughout the day, just trying to get to this. Yeah, one imagine me movie. trying to handle having children if I'm getting this like enraged because I can't get this 1996 rom com immediately into my veins <laughs> when I demand it. You throw that damn child off the bridge. <laughs> Act one. So the the breakup as such here. This is just hours ago. This is like. Three hours ago, I finished this. Hmm. Is it when most films would have like the grand gesture where they're being honest with each other? Like, I, I don't understand. Like, they part, but as they're parting, yeah. she's like, "Here are all the things that you did today that got my nerves." Like you, uh, you mentioned the cell phone gimmick, how they swap phones and they overhear like you know conversations. Uh, Clooney's playing the part of like the bachelor where he's talking about what panties his you know old disgusting like sort of. Walter Matthau, old like old white dude, <laughs> is sitting in the office playing that part, and she, I felt like in a act of, it was like a little too desperate for me for how I sort of see Michelle Pfeiffer that she's like you're talking about women's panties in front of me. I can't believe you do that, and I'm like, what? Okay, you as a parent, wouldn't you be a little yeah. more hard? Wouldn't you just be like, I don't give a fuck. Like I, I'm, I wish I, I could bring on our yeah. expert in single mothers. Jared from Jared. the cinema, <laughs> but I just don't think everyone's that they catching would care. stray bullet today. <laughs> I'll tag everyone for one fun day. I just I don't believe that Michelle Pfeiffer would be like. I can't believe you're even talking about another woman and like you know her what she's got going on her private bits. I I felt like for a film that is so has such a light touch. You don't even really need a breakup in this. You just need them no. to if once they get through the day just realize like oh now we actually have to talk to each other without the sort of staginess of our children are the only reasons this happens since the only reason we're hanging out with each other now you just have to admit that you actually want to continue that hangout that's until it. the the roof caves in during a storm in the mm-hmm. middle of the night i'm mm-hmm. sure and they have to figure out sleeping arrangements um the music kicks in again one right. fine day again <laughs> Jesus, and you you could make the argument that every one of their interactions, because uh, you you get like another interaction between them, maybe like every I don't know twenty minutes, fifteen twenty minutes or so, and it's like a um, you know one step forward, two steps back every every time. It's like oh you you are human, right? In this one moment, like you did something for your daughter, George Clooney, how wonderful. Um, but then you called me baby or, or whatever you did that really pissed me off. And so essentially they have a, an inching towards locking each other and I then like, a miniature breakup throughout. <laughs> if that makes sense. We're both being so belittling to the Michelle Pfeiffer character who just sees George <laughs> Clooney as like the nastiest man on the planet. Cause he says baby and says the word panties. <laughs> Like she, she comes across as if is she like the 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 mother figure to like a, a Christ-like child? Like she's like she's never had sexual intercourse before, and she can't believe this is how a man talks to her. Maybe she's just tired of having to mother her ex-husband, who seems to be a little bit stuck in wanting to kind of do his own thing. Is he really going really... off to play with uh, Springsteen? Is that what mm-hmm. we're, when he mm-hmm. says Bruce? It's Bruce, baby. It's, I gotta it's go. Bruce. I gotta He's abandon part of the my East child, man, baby. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, maybe that's what it is. Maybe she's got like this, this, uh, this long-term residue of, of basically raising 
her partners and she's very serious and about her career and um, not so much about being a parent because she just outright lies and says, this isn't my child, which I'd have a hard time doing <laughs> in any capacity. Although maybe the stakes wouldn't be as high for me as they are for her. Mm-hmm. Um, she is still my favorite character uh, in this film for the most part. Uh, I, her, I mean, it's really close, obviously, but uh, you know, I, I just think everything that she touches is pretty much gold in this particular period of her career. Um, so if, if it's, you know, Michelle Pfeiffer's on screen, I'm going to watch. And those moments with Clooney, I'll say, and this, I think even, uh, Ebert had a review that was basically, um, kind of called him Mel Gibson light, which I don't, I don't know how I feel about that. Cause he was, he was praising Michelle Pfeiffer and he was like, yeah, and this Clooney guy's serviceable in this role, like a Mel Gibson light. I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? I'm sure he like, wouldn't really like it now. Like, <laughs> <right>? <laughs> maybe in the nineties that was like, he's not yet hit Mel territory, but, uh, I don't. I don't remember Mel Gibson being that. I don't. At Mel that Gibson. Time, no. He couldn't play this role. I don't think he could ever play this no. particular part. When we come back, Michelle Pfeiffer and George Clooney share babysitting and romance in one fine day. Would you please just really pay attention to him? I will let him out of my sight, Sammy. Hey, guns aren't told. These are the class fish. They were supposed to be back in the classroom at eight thirty this morning. Now they are spending the day with you. God, I am going to be so late. I have such a day. A bus. Michelle Pfeiffer and George Clooney are single parents who have both been unexpectedly saddled for a day with looking after their five-year-old in one fine day. One of those romantic comedies where the stars fall in love at first sight, obviously, but then spend most of the movie trying to deny their feelings while sparring with one another in contrived arguments. Clooney plays a newspaper man and Pfeiffer is an architect in trying to juggle a job and a child she's become amazingly resourceful. During the course of the day, they manage to switch cellular phones, which means they get each other's phone calls. Your mother's in the middle of her spring spa day and can't babysit, but she wants you to know it's not because she's upset about Sammy sticking her ring up her nose. Their paths cross again and again all day as they try to handle their jobs and their kids at the same time. You probably think I'm a real control freak, and I'm not at all. Well, I mean, I do like things the way I like them, but who doesn't? And anyway, in my life, I'm the only one who ever does anything, so... uh... What does it matter? Maybe you should let somebody help you out every once in a while. Finally, of course, they realize they have fallen in love. That's taken them about an hour and a half longer than it took us. What would you do if I kissed you right now? You're not going to kiss me right now. What would you do if I did? Do you want to kiss me right now? I wouldn't have mentioned it if I didn't. Michelle Pfeiffer and George Clooney are very appealing actors separately, and in one fine day, they're very appealing together. I only wish they'd found themselves in a story that was a little less familiar. I swear there are times here when the only reason they're fighting is because the formula says it's too soon for them to make up. How's this for an idea? They fall in love in the first scene and spend the rest of the movie really getting to know one another. Or how about we really getting to know them? Because, again, in American movies, and we've complained about this many times, 
We never get to know people through their work. Mm -hmm. It's work is uh, a, a comic vehicle. You yes. know, to have the lunch with uh, the new clients and and maybe you won't embarrass yourself or something like that. Learn through work. Uh, I've the, got news for you. Yeah. I had to look in the press book that came with this movie to find out that she was an architect. What she does in this movie isn't what an architect does. It's what a secretary does. All that works in this picture is the singing of the title song, One Fine Day, over moody scenes, mm -hmm. and then Michelle Pfeiffer getting dressed with the big night, the big sex night with Clooney, mm -hmm. and put, trying on a number of sweaters and doing makeup, and it's fascinating to watch someone that beautiful get dressed, and that's all that works in the picture. Could you imagine him walking through his office <laughs> with all those, uh, just, I mean, just literally every single woman basically falling flat mm. for him, and him having kind of that, that steely coolness about it, where he's just like, oh, hey, I don't even recognize all of these no, women. No, uh, the, the closest one is uh, What Women Want, uh, which I did on a podcast directed by Dave. And even there, now, he was playing a more unlikable character than Clooney, sure. like, aggressively unlikable. But there's there was uh, there's something a little bit uh, creepy about his version of, like, the swinging dick bachelor in that <laughs> any hello he gets he's like i'm gonna take advantage of that one and then that it's, one and clooney seems kind of absent-minded i mean there's a bit of ego yes. to it where it's like women come on me all the time but he's just <laughs> like he's his he's just so like addled with like like i don't basically i don't have time for pussy because i've got to like raise my child for one day like it's just like i can't <laughs> you can't ask me to do everything now i've got to be a parent and i've got to have these women coming on to me that's sort of where clooney's headspace is I'm glad you brought up the other women, though, because to me, you you were enraptured by Michelle Pfeiffer, which I think is, you know, you're talking about the res residual effects of her terrible East, East Street Band absentee father uh, in her child's life. Uh, I think that this is residual effect of Batman Returns for you. We're like, mm, anything she does. And yet yeah. Amanda Peet shows up and comes on to clean the elevator. And I'm like, there we go. There we go. <laughs> No baggage That's, whatsoever. She's perfect for your age, right? Like it's you're be, you being sixteen at the time around like her Pete's kind of ascension, right? Late nineties we're going into, so she's she'd be the perfect girl to have on poster. Um, so that makes sense. I for me the since I'm so much older, and I, I like that with, you're rewriting my own personal history. That I had my bedroom wall was just Amanda Pete, as far as I can see. Like you're also like overestimating her pop culture currency because I feel like my friends would be like, "Yeah, hot girl, who the hell is that?" I don't, I don't think Amanda Pete was ever Michelle Pfeiffer above the title. As much I'm as, so glad that you said that. I'm glad you agree. So, yeah, yeah. it was Michelle Pfeiffer. I'm just talking about the character where if I'm Clooney, I'm like, no strings attached. That's what I need. Something something easy here to deal with. Um, it does concern me that when he starts to lay it on, uh, in that, as I said, the breakup is weird because he's they're like actually being honest with each other. And they still, as you said, they have to part because the right. cycle of this movie is they then resume activities after 10 minutes of separation. Um, as he's tells her that uh she says something it's a weird scene hopefully i can find the clip where uh he calls her a ball juggler and she goes like you've been juggling your balls in my face all day and i'm like wow that now pfeiffer's getting nasty on his ass mm -hmm. and she mentions the fact that he purposely like had his column out uh when they're sharing the cab 
And he's like, well, that's just because, you know, I wanted to impress you, obviously. Okay. Like, it's you're just calling it what it is. But she would be smart enough to know that, right? That, I think that's my issue with the movie is, like, does she genuinely believe that he was just doing that for ego? Did she not see through that he's, like, looking at her as someone that sh- should want to be impressed by? It's like she has no... Where's the self-esteem of this character? It's almost like this is like a Tina Fey character, hmm. not a Michelle Pfeiffer character. Because when he says, you're the most beautiful woman I've ever seen, people in the audience are like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's not a surprise. Like, it's not a reach. She doesn't, she doesn't have the same... <laughs> she doesn't have, at least it appears to be, the same level of awareness of others' affinity for her in the way that he has for himself, right? Even if he doesn't care... He's aware, even though, you know, even when the daughter mentions it and he's like, oh, what, every woman wants me? Ha, huh? well, huh, super weird. <laughs> Who saw that coming? Amanda but, Pete. Yeah, Amanda covering Pete. a Kentucky teenager's bedroom name. wall. Not good enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> On the ceiling of Mike's room. <laughs> uh, keep talking. I'm going to look up what was Amanda Pete doing in the mid-90s. So... Amanda, while you're looking up Amanda Pete, Michelle Pfeiffer not understanding that uh, men would try to hit on her. It does seem that she's a little obtuse, uh, at least, at the very least, to it all. Um, and I would even raise questions about those kind of creepy father-son business partners who want to get drinks with her. Uh, or let's, let's say have that meeting at 5.30 or whatever the hell the time was. And she goes there and she's like, ah, I'm not drinking. And they're like, whoa, yes, you are. <laughs> We just now got started. You have to catch up. I really like her. I'm thinking, are they going in a in a weird? And I, obviously, I didn't really expect them to. But where it was a a weird exploitative power differential and thing with her and gender and all that kind of stuff. And would she be unaware of that? And she probably would be, um, to to a certain extent. And I think with Clooney's character, I think she probably finds him to be the type that would sleep with any woman. But she wouldn't put much stock in him being very serious about a relationship with her. She she probably views him in the same way, again, that she views a lot of men like him, which is kind of almost a, a deadbeat. Even though he's in the life of his daughter, she still can't get past kind of that vision of what she's built up for herself of what that kind of man looks like. So it's not someone to take seriously, not someone that would actually be trying to... to you know, pull her in in any serious sort of way other than to, you know, have her panties on the on the bed somewhere. Next to Amanda Peets, right there. You just got hooks God. all over. Uh, so he doesn't show up with that, with Amanda Peets' panties. He shows up with fish. He drags his daughter there and uses her as a weapon. To, to this is bludgeon. bad parenting, by the way. <laughs> okay. I, know, I know I just talked for 30 minutes, but this is bad parenting. Think about this for Kid. one second. They lose the little girl. Uh-huh. They freaking lose the little girl. And then, after they lose her, they still have moments where they're talking on the streets in New York City while the kids are hailing the cab. Like, mm-hmm. there's a full five-minute like uh, conversation between the two of them. And the, the kids are not anywhere to be seen or because, asked man, for anything if business is gonna be done we can't have the kids around that's like any good sitcom that introduces kids eventually we write them off because nobody cares we only like the uh bickering father and mother characters uh for the ability for them to be in a designated place where they have something to bicker about usually kids or kid related but we don't actually want to see the children and yes 
kids hail the taxi, although they are kind of cock blocking in that way because Clooney is starting mm. to really he's starting to lay it on. He's starting mm-hmm. he's getting into ISO ball, and then that <laughs> little brat kid <laughs> tries to be precocious. He gets brat him to move fish along. In the corner. He's got his hands out. <laughs> but he rectifies this by going to his kids' bedrooms and hey, get out of bed. We gotta go take <laughs> Michelle Pfeiffer and her brat some fish. That's my favorite scene uh, between like the, a parent and child in this film because I didn't like very many of them. But the where she's like, "Listen, I'm like, I'm I'm dead tired," and he's like, "Well, give me a little bit more information about this." And she's like, "Man, I don't know. I'm I'm exhausted, dude. I'm fucking exhausted." And he flips the light on him, just like we're leaving. <laughs> Fuck it, we're out. <laughs> it is very much in this case the daughter was like the DD who had to wrangle his drunk ass all day long, and he's got a case of the horny bones. He's like, "Damn it, I didn't get laid tonight. You're gonna suit up again. You're gonna wingman this for me. I'm gonna take you there. You're gonna play with her little kid. I'm gonna get some alone time with her." I actually liked it. I like the the where the film ends up. I don't really like the silliness. Uh, I don't enjoy this, I guess, the comedy of the concept itself, but I do like the payoff uh, where, I guess in this instance, the grand gesture, I'm not going to give Clooney the credit of the fish. I guess that's his attempt at it, Uh, but they do manage to kiss in the kitchen after they, like most rom-coms, they like talk it to death before they do it, which is probably the great lie of rom-coms, don't you think? Don't you think like most of that stuff, those first moves just kind of happen? There's not like these classic banter back and forth because I'm thinking if this was if rom coms were reality, what would our population size be? Because the amount of time it would take to procreate, it would just take forever for these people just to to get to it. There's no, I don't know. It doesn't seem like people fall into it. Like I mean, in some people would life. consider that for for foreplay of of some sorts. I mean, we know I know you and I have met folks who will even have. You know, scripted statements before mm. the first time. It's okay, Shout out you to can kiss me. At, at Tangible Teddy, <laughs> regular guest host. So, <laughs> the, you know. The other one, he said, he'll hate this if he listens to this episode, where he just, out of nowhere, said, I like to eat pussy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, everyone. <laughs> Strays, we're not going to have a friend left uh, in the podcasting community or any other. <laughs> However, maybe it is. Maybe it is. I'm trying to think in my life of. I mean, I know I've I've tried to lay it on thick at certain points when I was really going in for the kiss. Maybe for the first time. And then there are other times that you're right. It's kind of more organic, and it does seem to be that this is the big conversation that happens before every. You know, maybe it's just it would feel a little bit anticlimactic or not as cinematic at this point if they were just standing in the kitchen and just start making out and we just hear the Wizard of Oz in the background while they're fucking apparently that's <laughs> I mean, weird okay that's that's a nice alternate ending for a different movie <laughs> tonally I do like that I guess she attempts to say hey can I I think it's something effective like can I just feel like a woman now basically instead of like hmm. a, a tired mother at the end of the day uh, put on something nice, she, like does her hair. Uh, you know where it's going to end up. It's going to end up with him waiting on the couch and he falls asleep because he's also exhausted. But there's a sweetness to it that she sure. she attempts to, I think she pokes him in the face and he doesn't wake up and she giggles at him. But then she just 
lays down, lays her head down on his like chest, shoulder, and falls asleep as well. I hated that the kids came back in. That you know that <laughs> killed me. I, I, <laughs> but I credits. Right after I I felt like I was fine with this particular grand gesture of rewarding these two parents with comfort and hmm. and some well deserved sleep at the end of the day. Um, in real life, if I was Clooney, I'd be. Uh, killing myself for allowing like there's no way no how I fall asleep on that couch I don't care like he's gotta go <laughs> get on the floor you give yourself smelling salts yeah <laughs> me up I got business to do <laughs> a throwback from a previous podcast episode you take the butter and slap it together <laughs> and warm it for her. I mean, they were in the kitchen, so I mean, there was all all manner of things. You, we that could go true. full nine and a half weeks, and as you said, Wizard of Oz playing in the background. This is, <laughs> um, I mean, it's a this is like a nice rom com. Apparently, it's weird to think of this making like it made ninety seven and a half million dollars. It's oh. one of those things that I'm lamenting. I can't find, I can't pay to rent it now. So it does seem like one of those quasi like forgotten movies but you know this is just like an old-fashioned kind of programmer like if, during the holiday yeah. season of 96 if you want something kind of sweet and light and two pretty people together uh i certainly don't think it was ever designed for you know almost 25 years later for two grown men to be like i don't know about the mechanics of this movie i disagree with all that talk before they get A to make out examination of <laughs> one fine day <laughs> Yeah, probably not, but I agree with you. It's, I don't want it to use the same word, but it is a fine movie. Like, it's it's fine for what it is. It doesn't try to, to be anything. Love you leaning into this, because you, on a previous episode, yeah. you've said you hate title drops I so do. bad. I really do. I feel like I find it cheap, um, for the most part. But it it's one of those, like, middle-aged mom maybe dad movies in the 90s right like they they go watch mm -hmm. it on date night right like that's and that's they probably both would rather just be asleep on the couch mm -hmm. but it's a reprieve from being with their children at home mm -hmm. which i, so I it, get as someone yeah. who doesn't even have children i totally understand it it looks horrible Etern it. you want an eternal reprieve from the children you don't have <laughs> that's a good line to end it on there you go. <laughs> Now people look at that film and they like it. And they remember they were really tough on us at the time. The, really tough. Like, in fact, I looked and I think we got a 50 yeah. rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, and it, and and it kind of bombed too. Didn't we get beat by Beavis and Butthead at the... At the yes, I've been beaten by Beavis office. and Butthead many Cream. times. Like creamed by Be It was the most humiliating. Not only yeah, did it was we bad. have opening, but they had what? a huge opening. It was one of those things, remember, you were producing it, too, and it was one of those things where it tested. And remember, they came back and they're like, it tested higher than any movie, you yeah. know, and because it was a... And, and because who's going to say it's bad, it's evil? Uh, why did you spend the entire day flirting with me if you were thinking about getting back with your ex-husband? What? I spent the whole day disliking you intensely. You were flirting with me. You even told the kids you wanted to ask me out. I never told them that. Yes, you did. So I had a few drinks, like, you know, stayed up and had a, a few vodkas or something. And then I came home at, like, 1 in the morning, and I'm, my machine was like, you have to be at work at 6.30. And I'm like, oh, shit. 
And I remember it was, I remember the scene specifically. And I, I, I said, oh, I, I just got to go to sleep. And I was pretty hammered. And I woke up and I, at like the, the alarm at like 530 in the morning, five in the morning. And I was like, I feel okay. And then I looked in the mirror and I was like, oh, I'm still oh, drunk. <laughs>